Welcome to the Capeless Crusaders. We are your number one, I guess allegedly, podcast focusing on all things comics and comic book related. I am your audio host, the Azorian one, Anthony Esteves. And along with me on the audio airwaves is my co-host... Manderson, uh, happy to be. It's been a while since I've done an audio podcast with you. This feels weird, right? This feels it, weird. It does. I'm not. I'm not used to it, but it also it feels. Uh, it feels good at the same time. It's old school. Kind it's of like kind of like a warm rain. You know, it's like I'm I'm outside in the rain and it's yeah. not comfortable, but it's warm, so it's okay. Like 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 you're like you're comfortable, but you're not. Is that it? Exactly. Yeah, not at all like the rain that we're getting now here in California. That is oh, no, freezing no, no, cold. No, no. So you're you mean like Hawaii rain, where Hawaii it's rain, rain, but it's warm. I yeah. got you. Texas rain, Florida. <clears throat> you know the places where it rains warm. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel that. So we are here. You might notice that we are uh, lacking the video as you as you as you're listening, realizing this. We have decided to take as a show a uh, a step back. We are going to save Twitch for our more uh, specialized episodes, like, say, a big event we have once a month, or, or maybe sooner than that, but we'll see from here on out. But for now, we're taking it back to the old school. We're doing the audio podcasts, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where we're going right now. And there, I mentioned? Yeah, it, uh, I, I'm excited about it. Like, I, I love doing the Twitch. I love the streaming and the interaction with, with the chat, but... Um, I think we all, I mean, we all have families, we all have kids and, um, most of us have kids in school and I mean, Barry works at a school. Yeah. Um, and that on, on another point of news, um, one of the reasons we took such a long break and decided to go audio is because, uh, David Barry has decided to take a break. He'll be back. Um, but he's going to take a break. Uh, Amy is uh, going to be with us normally, but uh, her kids are both sick tonight. And, sick uh, and putting up a fight for her, from what I'm saying. Yeah. I, when I was sick, I was like, bedtime? Okay, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Perfect. I don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But kid, kids these days, they never want to sleep. Never. Never at all. So uh, what, do we, what do we got going on this episode? Well, today we're going to go over... A a pinnacle moment in the history of the Dark Knight. We're going to go over probably the only saving grace of the New 52 era. Probably the uh, easily the only story that I read from New 52. And that is Batman, The Court of Owls. Yeah, I think this was the first New 52 that I read as well. Um, I will say, in defense of the New 52... That uh, the the Wonder Woman, at least the Wonder Woman run that I've, I think I've read like the first eighteen issues, uh, was pretty good. Not on this level, but it was pretty good. And I know that uh, Minnie is a big fan of the New Fifty Two Aquaman as well. Mm, but gotcha. Yeah. Um, before we jump into that, though, why don't we do our normal tradition? Let's do it uh, and jump into uh, round the horn. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let you start off because, uh, well, you're the veteran and uh, age before whatever I am. <laughs> you would do that. Uh, I am still continuing with Batman False Faces. That is the story written by Scott McDaniel, uh, Rick Burchett, and Scott Coling. 
the people behind Why the Last Man and Bri- uh, Pride of Baghdad. Uh, still going through that uh, regarding Batman going one on one, it seems, with the ventriloquist. And uh, I haven't come to her yet, but eventually he will be seeking the assistance of Miss uh, Princess Diana or, or Goddess Diana, Queen of the Amazon, Miss, uh, Miss Wonder Woman, as we all know her. Uh, yeah, one of my one of my favorite. I mean, honestly, the Trinity are my favorite three on the DC side. Well, it's hard to not so, like this. Yeah, that when they're called the Trinity, you kind of they kind of have a level of respect. Yeah, you can't. I mean, the DC universe doesn't exist without them <laughs> at all. I do. I do. They did a a, a a a graphic novel called The Trinity, where they were removed from the DC universe, and like things fell apart without not like because nobody could save the day was just like literally the fabric of the universe fell apart. So, Oh, um, I, I don't, I, I got it at a library. Uh, I borrowed it and I read it. It was great. I don't know if I could find it again. <clears throat> anyway, did you return it? Did you return uh, it? I, I did return it. And I'm kind of regretting that now. Cause it was in Washington and I live in California. <laughs> they, they would never find me. Um, so, uh, I, uh, I have not been reading, except for for the Court of Owls, uh, any Batman, actually. The the place I normally read has been not updating the Batman title, which I'm really upset with because... That's annoying. Yeah, it's been really good. But um, before David left, he mentioned a comic series called Die, for the singular for Dice. Um, and it's super interesting. Uh, issue three came out last week, and I haven't read it yet, but the first two issues, it's... It's kind of like got a Jumanji feel to it, um, okay. but it's it starts off and it's like at a party in the eighties more or less at the height of Dungeons and Dragons uh, or like the the inception of it, um, and it's a bunch of kids and they're gonna play this tabletop game that one of their friends invented for the birthday boy, um, and it's kind of like a hodgepodge group a little bit. Um, one of the like the the little sister of one of them like joins them and she's kind of like, I don't really want to play, but I'm here. So I'm going to, and he, he gives them, tells them like, okay, what, who is your character? And they each describe him in like a sentence and he gives them a different die. So like one of them gets the D four, one of them gets the D six, one of them gets the D eight. And then he gets the D 20 as the game master. And then all of a sudden they disappear. And <laughs> three years later they come back except for the game master. And like, the sister is missing an arm, so whatever happened, like, actually physically happened to them. Fast forward, like, 20, 30 years, they're adults, they have kids, and they walk outside of a bar that they're hanging out at, and and not all of them, they haven't, like, they've kind of separated, and one of them sees this glowing D20, and he picks it up, he's like, oh no, this is the D20. And he gets the group, he gets the group back together, this is, like, issue two now, he gets the group back together, and the D20 transports them back into the universe that they were in and they're like freaking out like how do we get out of here and the guy the kid who was the dungeon master who's now an adult is there and he's like we're not done playing yet and that's kind of where we leave off like is he going to be good is he going to be bad um that's the end of issue two i haven't read issue three yet um but it's been really good it's not at all what i expected but if you like i feel like if you like jumanji um or what was the space one zatara or something like uh, that? Uh, zethra zethra yeah You'd yeah. probably at least be willing, like, to give it a shot, and it would be, um, it would be entertaining, especially if, like, you like those and Dungeons and Dragons. It's got that kind of twist to it. Um, 
And then the other thing I've been doing, I've been actually going through uh, the Superman uh, Rebirth run. So just kind of starting it over um, nice. and, and, and enjoying it as much as I did, but also kind of like, huh, some of the artists that they had, I don't like quite as much as I did back then. Like my, It's interesting <laughs> just to see how much my, my tastes have evolved. And then, well, also probably at that time when you first read it, you're excited to be reading a Superman comic. And then the second time around, you're like, okay, it's Superman. Let's actually focus on every little detail that's in here now. Yeah, that's probably true. Because those were the first time I like actually started physically collecting comic books myself was when Rebirth started. It was like, oh, nice. let's start with issue number one, and I'm just going to keep going. So nice. right, been riding that wave. Um, <clears throat> well done. Well, anything you reading, reading anything else or just focusing on that uh, that Batman? Just that right there, basically. That's all I've had uh, been able to fit in recently regarding reading comics and then reading book books. I know those are weird, but I've, I've been reading those too. Uh, yeah, I forgot what those were like. I mean, there's, there's no pictures in it. I, I, I read kids' stories to my kids and I read comics, uh-huh. which yeah. some people would say are kids' stories, but we beg to differ. Ooh, big time, Bill Maher. Shut your mouth. Yeah. If, if you think comic books are for kids, you come and find us. Right. And uh, we'll meet you out back wherever you find us. Or or, uh, or we'll show you grown-up graphic novels. Yeah, like that's, that. that's probably better, yeah. <laughs> that's a safer move. Especially yeah. for me, I'd be like, let's go out back, and then I'd be like Captain America before he became a super soldier. Before the serum. <laughs> I, I could do this all day. Okay, I can't do this all day. Here, here comes Bucky. <laughs> so. <clears throat> well, with that said, uh, we are now going to go. You know do, you know what I just realized? Did we, uh, did we mention our sponsors? We didn't. Oh, man. We didn't. We're, okay, we're rusty. It's been pretty yeah, much like been... we've had three weeks off. So. It's true, yeah, yeah. I've done it for Sunday coffee, and I can't believe I forgot for this. But let's bring that. Let's mention those guys first yeah. off. Let's go with Beard Bomb Brush. Do you have some sort of facial growth on your face? No, no, no. I don't mean that. I mean the hair that's growing on your face. Do you have that going on right now? Could you use something to comb through that? Well, that's why there's Beard Bomb Brush. You get the little, you get, we get the, what, is the oils they have, Manderson? Is that what it is? Yeah, they got uh, some essential oils. They got some beard balms. They put it all inside of a little, uh, a little bit of beeswax and they turn it into a Koopa shell. Just for your Yeah, it, it's like, it's like Koopa shell meets pineapple. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, that's, that's a good description. When it gets really low, it's pretty much pineapple and you're just like rubbing <laughs> pineapple on your face. <laughs> so you just rub that on your face, comb through. I have, you might be able to hear me scratching right now, but that's my goatee which is probably the longest it's been in quite a while. So maybe I should look into it. And you know, if you do look into it and you use the promo code CAPELESS, you get 15% off of your purchase. That's, so, not, please. that's, that's nothing to sneeze at either. Not, not at all. Even if you do have allergies, that is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Uh, also, from our other sponsors, we have Critical Dice. Manderson, can you tell them what they can get over at Critical Dice? Yeah, so if, if you like tabletop games or you just like collecting uh, random dice and uh, you're tired of rolling ones all the time, uh, well, the solution is to head over to thecriticaldice.com and uh, you can pick out a plethora of different kinds of dice. Um, they have also they have uh, dice trays. They have a cool portable dice tray made out of leather that you can fold flat, put in your bag, and then put together. They have game hooks. Um, they also they just introduced the um, never-ending bag of dice, which wow. uh, you subscribe to that, and you get a new set of dice mailed to you every month for um, I, I think it's like six or seven dollars a month which is pretty nice. good um 
I mean, you could, there's some places you can buy dice cheaper, but they're going to, they select a, a special dice every month to send out to those that uh, subscribe. You can also get heavy metal dice. So if you want to like really roll with authority, uh, <laughs> when you're trying to go for that critical hit, just bust out that stainless steel dice and toss it on go. the table. Hopefully Maybe go when you yeah. roll it. And hopefully you actually roll well, because if you roll a natural one on that thing, which again, you can't do with critical dice, uh, <laughs> disclaimer, there's no actual promise that you won't roll natural ones with this product. <laughs> anyway, um, so go there. Uh, if you put in the code CAPELESS at checkout there, you also get 15% off with them as well. Nice. So you, you get all sorts of great stuff for your tabletop games. I couldn't help but think of James Hetfield from Metallica when I said, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Roll the dice. Just, just, you know, play some Metallica while you're rolling. Just go, yeah, yeah, with Hetfield. Yeah. Go from so there. Create a bard character who only plays Metallica, and then when you roll, just do There that. you go. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, last but not least, our usual home base. That is Empire, Empire's Comics Vault in Sacramento, California. The home to everything comic book you need, everything uh, Funko Pop you need. Everything, uh, what is it? Uh, the uh, the sauce, the hot sauce. That they got hot sauce hot for sauce, you as well. Pugs, and pugs everywhere. They'll give you hugs if you see the pugs. Maybe I don't know. It might happen. And again, it is located at eleven fifty two Fulton Avenue. Sweet K. We did that without having to look at each other. That was yeah. great. That We've was great. Uh, we spent a lot of time with each other. Um, and and not to contradict, <laughs> but it's uh, it's eleven twenty Fulton Avenue. 1120. I've been saying the wrong address at Sunday Coffee. People are like, oh, this is a burrito place down here. This, well, okay. <laughs> There's bound to be a comic book shop somewhere. Some, There's only one who told me yeah, it was 1152. Where's the I'll take a burrito and where's the comic book shop? No one's yelled at me yet in the chat room and garden. That's funny. Wow. Uh, okay, 1120 Fulton Avenue. Sweet K. My bad. I'm sorry about that. We, we corrected. <laughs> we'll post a. Um, an apology and uh, <laughs> referendum on their website or something. We'll get, we'll get the lawyers to write something yeah, up. We'll get them it out. We have lawyers? Mickey, Mickey. Anyway. There we go. <laughs> we'll get him on it. <laughs> so now on to our main event, our main topic tonight. This was the first and only thing I remember reading from the New 52, mainly because it, uh, when the Capeless Crusaders began, uh, we we had comic book assignments, and when we weren't having comic book assignments, I was reading stuff that came out in the 90s or early 2000s. Like, I was reading The Long Halloween. I was reading, oh, uh, Year One from the late 80s. So I was reading that stuff and not really following the new 52, except for this story. And that is Batman, The Court of Owls. Written by Scott Snyder and drawn by Greg have you determined is it Capullo? Capullo? I, I, I go with Capullo. Oh, I don't know what I go with. Capullo? I think I say Capullo every time I see him. Itali- he's Italian, here. right? So it should be Capullo. Isn't he Italian? Uh, are we, are we, do we not even know what his background is? Next, next time, you know, next time we hang out with him, we'll just ask him. We keep we'll forgetting ask to ask. We get too many shots, and then all of a sudden we forget. <laughs> so we'll ask him so, next time. <laughs> in the Court of Owls, which I believe was released... Let's see, it was part of New 52. The year it came out was... Was it 2011, I think? Yes, yes. 2011 is when it came out. Uh, and it deals with this secret society that has existed in Gotham City that Bruce Wayne has known nothing about. 
And from there, he investigates and finds out that he kind of does not have the control he thought he had over Gotham City. And that he's actually questioning himself and how well he knew his uh, his birth home. I'm a, that's a pretty good breakdown of it, no? Am I right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, like a six issues down into five sentences. That was very good, yeah. <laughs> Try to do a, a quick synopsis. Yeah. Uh, Manager, did you read this when New 52 started? Um, no, I didn't read it. I, th- I think at one point, like, uh, it was the, like a free download on iBooks and I downloaded okay. it that way. And I think that was, uh, maybe 2012, 2013. So it was a little after the hit, it had come out that I actually got to read it. Gotcha. I think I read this before I read Witches. I want to say that's this is my first introduction to Scott Snyder. I'm trying to remember when we had our witches assignment in the early days of the show, but I think I read this before witches, and then came witches, and that's when I became a Scott Snyder fan. But it, uh, you know, it it's it's a different take. It's what's your first impression of it? Uh, I remember when I, I mean, every time I read it, and it starts off the. Um, Gotham is like the speech that Bruce is giving. Yes. Um, and it, it, you don't initially see like who's giving the speech. You kind of know because the text is like in a grayish color, which is always Batman's color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, this is really interesting, kind of a start. Um, and I also remember a connection, another New 52, the um, the story arc for, the, for Batman Endgame. He also kind of starts with the speech in that where it's not showing him, but showing parts of the city. Um, and we were thinking like, oh, this is a, this is a good intro. Um, cause I, I kind of knew it was issue number one. So I thought it was going to be an origin story. And so I was kind of then surprised that it wasn't really his origin story. Um, but I, I do like, uh, and what I, I did really enjoy about it, that it, it did make him doubt himself. Cause yes. and up to that point, Batman was always the guy who 100%, con- 110% confidence, and mm-hmm. always had a plan. Had no a plan A, what. plan B, plan C, had a way out. Exactly. And this this put a different spin on it a little bit. Um so I I like I, I loved the for every time I read this actually I want to say I love reading this story. Um and when I mean I I picked this story for our reading assignment, so I I love this story. <laughs> I need to I need to to physically buy it because i still yeah. only have the digital version i need to physically buy it but um it's it's great and i love um i love scott snyder's uh the way he tells stories and um greg capullo is is one of my probably top five dc artists at least um some, <coughs> some of my favorite uh comic books and graphic novels are stuff mm-hmm. that he's done um artistically that nursery rhyme that they have that that passes through um, the story, the beware the court of owls that mm. watches all the time, ruling Gotham from a shadowed perch behind granite and lime. They watch you at your heart. They watch you in your bed. Speak not a whispered word about them, or they'll send a talon for your head. That's that's the fact that that has existed, and it it's existed before Bruce, and yeah. exists under Bruce as as the bat, and it's. The the way they have Bruce questioning himself, I, I don't want to get to like favorite parts yet, but I'm kind of like building up to it. 
the way they have the way Snyder writes Bruce Wayne questioning himself when he reaches a certain point in the series when he's completely off balance he he's lost he's questioning like you said he doesn't know how to react to what's happened it's it's a new take on on a Bruce Wayne that we're used to seeing always knowing what to do always having a way out and he's right now in that moment he's facing like He's facing the fact that he may not have an answer to this, may not have a way out of here, may not know what to do. It, it briefly, I mean, the best I can compare to it visually would be um, would be that moment in Dark Knight Rises when he's fighting Bane the first time. And there's that sense of like of hopelessness that's happening right there. Bruce is being defeated. And I, I feel this had the same type of thing going through it at a certain point. Um, I guess, I guess more than, I guess that'd be a good time to like, lead into our favorite parts now favorite parts of the story uh do you want to give a little bit more detail of a synopsis just in case or do you want to like your synopsis was like that covers the essence of the book um for sure yeah um you want to yeah let's 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 go to more detail on that go for it uh on there okay so um i've already kind of revealed the opening bruce wayne is giving the speech and he's referring to this uh um, a recurring uh, in the newspaper uh, article, not article, but basically this recurring theme that they have uh, Gotham is people write in and say like Gotham is this, Gotham is Two-Face, Gotham is dirty, Gotham is dangerous, Gotham is Batman, Gotham is um, whatever. They just use a word to describe it and it's mm-hmm. uh, they go from there. Um, and he's basically revealing like this plan that he has to revitalize Gotham and kind of continuing what his his parents were trying to do um and that gets the the court's attention and there's a you you don't really see that at first um there's Mm -hmm. a a murder and he comes to the scene and and bullock's there um and i I love like bullock is always just kind of like he's there doing his thing and then batman shows up behind him is like hey what's up bats and it's just like he knows he's there without having to turn yeah he's he, he feels the presence or something and uh bruce and Batman goes, he investigates, discovers some things, takes one of these throwing knives that are impaling this, this gentleman who's tied to a wall more or less mm-hmm. and sees the, the owl emblem on it. And he's kind of triggers something in his head, but he's still doubting the court of owls exist. Um, he smells um, some sort of like, uh, basically it's like a, a type of lighter fluid, but it's a, like a lint seed or something like lint seed oil or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And he takes Bullock's cigar, puts it against the wall and it lights up this message. It said, Bruce Wayne will die tomorrow. Yeah. And that kind of is like, that's the end of issue one. We're kind of like, okay, what's, what's that going to be? Where and, are you going with this? And we, we, the beginning of issue two is him basically being thrown out of the Gotham tower. Um, you're like, oh, well that's, that's the way to start. We end with, he's going to die. He's falling out of a tower. And then it cuts to like more of his investigation and, um, meeting with different people to kind of push forward his plan. Um, later it's revealed that one of the, um, the, uh, leaders of the city, one of the city council members as part of the court of owls is kind of setting him up for, um, failure while pretending to be his friend. Um, and he leads them this to the meeting in the tower where he gets thrown out and in his head he's narrating most people know that there are these many gargoyles that were put there because 
of when the city was founded. These were the city gates. It looks a little city gates. And then as the city expanded, they put this many, I think it was like eight, uh, like four gargoyles initially. And they put three more for like the bridges that come in later. Yeah. And then most people don't know that there's a ninth gargoyle that his great, great grandfather put there to signify the, um, the airport, basically, um, people who were flying in and he knew it was there. And so like when he was thrown out, he wasn't panicking. Like he knew it was there. He grabbed onto it while the Talon who pushed him out fell to presumably his death. Um, the Talon wakes up in the ambulance hours later and kills everybody in the ambulance and drives away with that. And that sends Bruce on another investigation. Still not believing that the court of owls exists. Um, Why would he? he? He thinks he has control of everything. Exactly, yeah, and he he narrates in one of the issues like I've investigated. He's talking he's talking to Nightwing. I've mm-hmm. investigated them right after my parents died. I investigated them again over the years, and I've never found anything. And so this is really the first real evidence of it. But because he's never found anything to this point, he doesn't yep. want to he doesn't want to believe it because like that, said, ju- that shows you how how skilled they are that those first two attempts he couldn't get anything on them. Exactly, yeah, and it, it just and it also plays into his ego. He doesn't yep. believe that he could he could have been so wrong in the past. Um, he he's following up on a lead, and he gets captured by the Court of Owls. And I think at this point, he's still doubting that they really exist, and maybe somebody's playing a game on him. Um, and he ends up in a labyrinth, and he's going through the labyrinth and oh. trying to find his way out. And you get. You can see he's it's he's becoming ragged. His cowl is is torn. His oh. eyes are bloodshot. Um, every time he one goes eye in, is showing, and the other one, like the, that one, the white, the white out eyes. Only one is still intact, and the other one's gone. Yeah, um, you get the sense he's been there a while, and he he wanders yeah. into this this room occasionally. And every time he wanders into this room, there's a flash, and there's a camera there. And every time his picture is being taken. And eventually, as he goes back into it, he can see that that picture is being posted on the wall, and you can kind of see the progression of him becoming more ragged. There's pictures of other people that have wandered through this and died, including his, um, I, I believe it was his great-grandfather, um, who was also apparently, we discover, was killed in there. Um, we also see that he's being stalked by a Talon, who's waiting for him at his weakest moments. Um, and he starts hallucinating... And the Talon eventually attacks, and somehow Bruce comes out on top um, and discovers a way to escape. Like, he falls into this, this sewer, which I think a hole yeah. was, was made in their battle that he was able to escape this way. Mm-hmm. And yep. he uh, finds his way back to the cave where Alfred finds him and nurses him back to health. And um, we kind of leave with the Court of Owls having watched their champion, the Talon, be defeated by a weakened Batman, like, well, we're not done. They wake up, we find this room of full of, of coffins, which we just we we learn are talons that can oh, be reawakened so because of um is it Electrum that's in their like they have an Electrum yes. implant in their teeth. Um yeah. I did yeah. I did miss that uh, Dick Grayson uh, who's Nightwing at this point is also supposed to have become a Talon, um, and they have a connection to the circus that he was a part oh, that's of. Right. So, yep. um, and we leave off with a bunch of Talons kind of jumping out of windows where the Court of Owls are holed up. Um, 
attacking the city. That's the end of the Court of Owls, and that leads into the Night of Owls, which maybe we'll we'll cover that at some point. Yeah, how'd, yeah, yeah. How'd I do? Normally, I'm not good at summaries, but I feel like that was okay. Dude, you nailed it. All you right. nailed it. <laughs> I'm, I'm quitting my job I, uh, and I'm going into the summary business. There you go. Sorry, and synopsis for books, for movies, for TV shows. Synopsis guy. Um, so, for it, we'll go into favorite parts. Uh, yeah. I feel you and I may have the same favorite part, but I'm going to have you go first just to just to see if we do and we can both talk about the same scene. Okay. Uh, shoot. That's hard because it's so good. Um, <laughs> Maybe you don't have it, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I... Man, that's really hard. I'm trying to think of like one thing. I, I, I think <laughs> I actually really like the whole... Um, him being stuck in the labyrinth that that part nailed it because <laughs> that's your favorite part too it's it's when nailed he, it <laughs> that's when he starts to doubt himself uh, but he's also yep. talking to himself like don't give in don't believe you're batman like he's kind of like still psyching himself up at the same time while he's don't obviously quit. physically being worn down and, and kind of mentally losing hope yeah so, same exact reason. One of the things I like is the way they show it. Like, as Batman is getting more ragged, as he's hallucinating more, as he's being more, you know, as he's going through this torture, you, the reader, you're suffering it with him. Because at one point, you'll notice the artwork, everything starts getting uh, flipped around. Like, you'll, you'll see one page, and everything is right side up. When you flip the page, now everything is sideways. When you flip it again, everything's upside down. You have to turn your book upside down or turn your iPad upside down yeah. to be able to read and see what's going on. They're making you feel this dizziness and and hallucination and, and everything he's going through. You're feeling it with him. That's one of the reasons I love that scene so much. It's not so. I mean, of course, we're seeing Bruce not in control, but also the you know uh, Snyder and Capullo are making you feel the same way Bruce felt. So that's why I love that moment so much. Yeah, I think that because I read it off my iPad the first time I did, it's like, my iPad must be broken. And I flip pages and I'm like, what, yes. what is this? And then I realized, like, oh, this is okay. This is brilliant. Uh, the, the way that they did that. You were feeling that. what Bruce is feeling. Yeah. I mean, it, I, and maybe because I was reading off an iPad, it made me feel more discombobulated. I think if it was in a book, it'd be like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But that, that reading experience yeah. definitely kind of threw me a little bit. A little bit off um and I, oh, yeah. I i think one of the things like a lot of when you when we talk to people and i'm sure you've had this experience as well there's people that they love batman because he's he's a human who keeps up with people like superman and wonder woman and green lantern and the flash and other people who hate batman because like well he never loses he always knows what's gonna happen he never loses and this was um the first time we really see in a long time at least him not in control. Um, I mean, there's like the, the control and he gets lucky when he escapes. He does. Yeah. You know, he, he's not in control and he gets lucky. It's not like he had that escape route planned the entire time. He got lucky. That's, that's another part of it. Yeah. And that's not something that, uh, Bruce Wayne, that Batman relies on. He does not rely on luck. He relies on his, no, his no. physical prowess and his intelligence. 
uh, his his the way he strategically thinks about stuff and he's put in a place where he can't he can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's and that, yeah that's it's like you just said it everything Batman walks into he's like it's the equivalent of seeing you know the Jason Bourne movies or or you know some elite action hero when they walk into a room they're already like scoping out knowing how to get out where the exits are who's the most you know uh, imposing figure that I have to take down knowing all that like or James Bond like in a few seconds knowing what to do and that's what Batman is. And when he gets to this labyrinth, he can't even begin to think like that because of what's being done to him. Yeah, and uh, the the whole the whole the that's uh, if we can go, I guess that's going to link to my least favorite thing. If that's okay, <laughs> um, go for it. I think the my least favorite part of the whole thing is actually the cover for when he's in the labyrinth, like the image that they have of him like the bat suit but he's like transforming into an owl i don't know why i don't oh, like yeah, it it's creepy. i just maybe it's because it's creepy <laughs> i don't know i just don't like it i get to that issue i'm like oh i'm gonna hate this issue and then i start reading it and i'm like i love this because it's so good it's just like the cover throws <laughs> yeah. me off um but but other than that there's not really anything about this story that i i don't like because it's um Agreed. it's it's almost not a batman story it's a bruce wayne story but exactly which is exactly again not something that we we get a whole lot of because to bruce wayne he's bruce wayne second batman first and this time it gets exactly that batman is the true psyche not bruce wayne yeah Mm -hmm. exactly uh i wouldn't say it's least favorite but there is one piece of artwork that throws me off in there when i first saw it it's the uh, I think it's at the end of one of the issues while they're in the middle of the labyrinth. It's where it shows the Talon stabbing Batman right through like the stomach. Mm-hmm. When I first saw that, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, hold up here, what's going on? And it's funny because when that actual scene is in the story, it's not the stomach; it's like to the side of the stomach. So I'm like, okay, you guys kind of you guys gonna play this up a little bit, maybe think you were killing Batman. And in the actual scene, no, you got the side of the stomach; he didn't kill him. Yet. But it, it kind of like made me jump like whoa 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 what is, what is happening here hold on a second <laughs> yeah i i'm always intrigued how like covers of the books kind of relate to what's going on but it almost overplays what's about to happen in the mm-hmm. book um i think it's like the artist is like uh, this isn't going to happen in the book but i want to draw this so here we go yeah i think that's, that's <laughs> okay draw this is the story draw whatever you want that relates to that yes. um and they kind of get to do their over the top over the top thing which sometimes exactly. makes covers great but also sometimes mm-hmm. makes them kind of like ah i don't know about that one but um it's it's like the uh, the movie trailer that features a scene that wasn't in the movie uh aka hulk in the avengers uh infinity war trailer yeah running with everyone and that's nowhere in the movie yeah exactly um that was their variant cover yeah, that's the the very cover with him on there. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's even like on the on the the poster. Hulk is still there, which is weird. Not Bruce Banner, but the it Hulk. is. Which makes you, which makes me wonder if that scene does exist, just not for Infinity War. Then maybe it's an Endgame. Oh, I'm just saying, theory be, of mine, theory. Could be coming. So we do go in time. I'm, I'm okay with that theory. I'd be I'd be excited to see that. Anyway, we're mm-hmm. we're we digress. We apologize. Um, Sorry. Yeah. 
we just love comic book related things we just got carried away um (laughs) do you have any i i did prematurely jump to least favorite parts do you have any other parts that stick out anything that you like really love to see or read in this i like i like the quick uh, moments where we see the bat family where we see everyone where i've always been a fan of grown-up dick grayson i've always liked dick grayson period but i've always been more of a fan of nightwing dick grayson where he He's still partnered with Batman, but he's proving that he can do things on his own, that he can be solo. And it's kind of where Batman has respect for him now because he's proven he can work on his own. They still team up. We're buddies. We're still we're still on the same team, but we're more solo. We're we're uh, we're not hero and sidekick. We're uh, in, for wrestling terminology, the Rock and Stone Cold, two top dogs who don't need to be partnered, but will if need be. That's how I. That's what I see the Dick Grayson character as when he's Nightwing, and I really like the Nightwing character. So I like seeing him. I like seeing Tim Drake. Um, I do. Was Jason Todd in this one? I don't. Uh, I think I don't, he I don't, he, I he might have been in a in a panel, but um, yeah. but not anything more than that. Because there was um, the the issue where he is missing. They kind of cut, I think, towards the end of that issue. Um, the Bat family is searching for him, and it's that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like Nightwing's out there, Batgirl, um, Batwoman, um, that's all, right. All, all, yeah. all the Robins, and so yeah, Jason Todd's out there at that point. Um, which actually, if I might cut in, that leads me to um, another one of my my favorite moments, which doesn't involve Batman. It's it's during the search, mm-hmm. and things are kind of going a little crazy because Batman's been missing for days at this point. Um, And Gordon's on the roof and he has the signal on and Bulk's like, well, you know, he's not coming. Why do you leave it on? And he goes into the kind of speech. I leave it on for uh, all the criminals to remind them that the city is under his protection. I leave it on for the citizens who have hope when they see the signal. And I leave it on for his friends, the other of the other masks who know him personally, who need that hope to keep going. And Bullock's like, well, eventually if you keep running it like this, it's going to burn out. And they, as he's making the speech, you see all these different people searching, you see different parts of the city. And then um, at the end of the issue, it burns out. And mm-hmm. Bullock's like, well, what are you going to do now? And he's like, I, I don't know, maybe get another signal. And then you hear, like you see the, the text bubble is super big. Do it now. And you cut over, and it's it's Damian Wayne. Robin is like, and you can see the look on his face isn't anger or like in uh, indignation. It's yeah, yeah, it's almost sadness or depression. And he's mm-hmm. like, and then it's just a tiny please. And I I like that whole scene, great, um, because it it just shows you how interconnected that the city really is, um, mm-hmm. but also that that moment of hopelessness from Damien is not something that you see very often. He's, yep. I mean, he's the, the great, he's the grandson of yeah. Ra's al Ghul. If anyone is more callous than Bruce Wayne, it's Damien. Cause yeah. he's had, he's had grandpa training longer than Bruce. Did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, it's, it's just an interesting and fun, uh, fun's not the right word. It's an interesting moment. It's a side that you don't get to see. Yeah. And I, and I kind of like seeing those, those little bits of, um humanity 
in exactly. in people that tend to be larger than life, especially because Damon is so cold and calculating and more like more like Batman than any other Robin has been. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not quippy like Dick Grayson. He's not a punk like um, like Todd. He's not a, a tech whiz who's super smart and cannot think anybody like Tim. He's just more or less ruthless and calculating. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see this moment where he's, you realize, nope, he's, he's a kid. And right. he, he actually cares about his father, even though he yeah. doesn't necessarily show it. Right now, he's a, he's the little boy who can't find his dad. Yep. Every, I mean, everybody needs their father to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say that the, the Gordon scene, I mean, it, it, it's like they took that moment in the very beginning of The Dark Knight when Gordon's on the rooftop with the light out in the sky and how Ramirez talks to him and how they're like, if he's not here, let's hope he's busy, which is, you know, a good thing. It's like they took that moment and just got deeper into it. Yeah. It gave you a more flushed out, deeper emotional aspect to that, which, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause this, yeah, this would have been written after that, huh? So that probably, yeah, this was after, yeah, this was between, uh, this was after dark Knight, and it came out like a few months, maybe half a year before dark Knight rises came out. Okay. Yeah. I, you would, you would know you're the, you're the date, you're the Batman guy. So yeah, I'm the Batman and the movie nerd guy. I'll trust you there. Yeah. It's <laughs> your, your real house right there. So, um, favorite characters besides, besides Batman, maybe. Uh, besides the bat. Which which is kind of hard in this one, I think. I mean, we normally do like favorite characters, but in this one, outside of a Batman, lot of it's on him. Um, yeah. Just from that, you know, just from that palette panel you talked about alone, Gordon, and that speech he gives. That alone is why I like it. Would be why I think Gordon would be the second next to Batman in this as being favorite character. Yeah, I I mean I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I've always liked Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not afraid to stand up to the bat, which a lot of people are, but he also knows that he, that the Allies city, forever. yeah, and the city, and the city needs him. Um, and mm-hmm. what, the, what the, what the bat means to the city. Um, and he's, I mean, he's, he's inspirational. And this one, like I read that oh, and I was yeah. like, oh man, I got to read that again, just cause it's the reason for it being there. Cause you, you don't, when you think Batman, you don't think hope. Mm-hmm. at all you think superman that's hope mm-hmm. uh the the symbol that means hope but in gotham he reminds us that the symbol of the bat brings hope to those who otherwise have none yep so yeah i agree he's a he's a great character because of that mm-hmm. so yeah uh, i i i again as i always do bring back bring stuff back to the movies uh it's the only reason, one of the one of the reasons why, as much as I love the Michael Keaton Batman movies, why I prefer the Nolan trilogy over them, and it's because of the Bruce of the Batman Commissioner Gordon partnership. Yeah, and in the Michael Keaton Batman movies, which don't get me wrong, if they're on TV, I'm going to watch them. I'm not changing the channel. I'm keeping it on Keaton. But Gordon is more like a a character, or he's just there for a few lines to say to Batman, and that's it. Yeah. Nothing else. And the Nolan, a, huh? He's kind of a dope in those movies. He is. He is. He is kind of a dope. Good actor, but he's a dope. And in the Nolan trilogy, he gave us the 
the partnership of Batman and Gordon, the partnership that's always existed, the partnership that exists here in this book where Gordon knows he can't find Batman. We don't know where he is, but we got to keep Gotham's hope alive. We got to put that bat symbol up in the sky. It's they need it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, the whole, the whole city needs it. And I, I think, I don't know if he says it, but I, I, I feel like he needs it just as much as everybody else. Like he knows, oh, yeah. he knows Batman's not coming, but he still, he needs it. Yep. So, uh, this, this, well, man, this was such a good book. I could, we could probably talk on <laughs> for, for so long. For way too long. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go back if you're okay with it. Just reemphasize the intro to this story. Do it. Um, just that Gotham is and the hope that Bruce is trying to bring. Um, and almost like the whole, that whole first issue doesn't really like it's, it's the court of owls story arc, but you don't really get a glimpse of what that means in this first one. And I sometimes am frustrated, but usually in the end really appreciate when authors uh, the writers of these these books and the artists that work with them, they don't give you the full threat up front. They don't reveal their end, uh, what the, like what the end game is going to be. They just give you like, oh, here's the story, and it kind of feels like a one off almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just that little twist, like, oh, there's more coming, and I I love the 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 way that that's crafted. Um, the slow build. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cause it's, I feel like it's so easy for comic book authors, anybody really to just be like, all right, here's the good guy. Here's the bad guy. The good guy's going to do a thing. The bad guy's going to do battle. their thing. Exactly. And this, this story arc doesn't really do that. Like there's confrontations between Batman and Talons, but, yeah. um, that's, that's not what drives this book at all. No, not at all. Scott uh, Scott uses the Court of Owls, which was genius, to um, reveal a flaw in Batman to make him more human for us. Uh-huh. Which is which is what we I feel like that's what we needed a little bit. It's absolutely. We, it's always you want to get the humanity of the character you're talking about, no matter how heroic, no matter how unstoppable they may seem. When we can make a character seem human, even in little moments. You're gonna you're gonna get the appeal of the audience and build and build a story off of that, an emotional story like this one. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, should we should we rate it, or you have a couple of things you want to talk about? Oh no, I'm ready to give it the uh, I'm ready to give it the good old rating. All right, so um, I uh, to to David's dismay, I decided that we rate by capes because we don't wear capes; we're capeless. We <laughs> we use them to rate things, so. Um, on a scale of one cape to ten capes, uh, what do you think? Uh, I give it the whole closet of ten capes. Ooh, ten capes. Wow. I give it ten capes. So I'd have to go back and re-listen to it, but I think I gave um, the Long Halloween like nine and a half oh. capes. Um, <laughs> and it was one of the things like, there's probably something that I like more out there, but it's so good. I think this is, I'm going to go with a probably a, a nine... A nine point four because this the long Halloween's better, but yeah, of course. um, but this is still like, it's it's really like there's probably something I like more, but I, I also can't really find any flaws in it, so it's not fair that I'm rating it down a little bit because I probably mm. like another book better, um, 
So uh, we'll go nine point four asterisk. It's <laughs> it's perfect. I just I'm being an idiot. <laughs> So, we'll go back and re-rate things if need be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I leave the caveat that I can re-rate this and I will post it to Instagram and Twitter if I decide to do so. <laughs> so. All right. Um, yeah, I don't think we have anything else for this evening. No, I think that's uh, that, that does it. We, uh, we presented to you The Court of Owls, and we highly recommend if you've not read The Court of Owls, Find a way to read it as soon as possible. Whether you go, you know, download it from the DC app, you buy it on Amazon, you go to your local comic book shop, preferably Empire's Comics Vault in Sacramento, yeah. California, eleven twenty Fulton Avenue, Sweet K. There it is. Go there, pick up a hard copy of it. This story is worth it. Again, mm-hmm. to me, it's the All Star of the New Fifty Two. It was my first. Uh, current day Batman story that I was reading and as you heard Manderson he fully enjoyed it with a 9.4 capes yeah. so um, definitely pick this up give it a read it is Crusader approved yeah it definitely is I'm curious <laughs> uh, what was the first the first actual Batman story that you read Long Halloween was it Long Halloween okay yep mine was uh, I started with Nightfall oh yeah, so, uh... yeah which is yeah that's a, <laughs> the whole story arc from him and the Bane thing and coming back is that's a huge set of books right there. Oh yeah. That, so. that, that's the one I'm uh, having a hard time buying just because I don't want that cover in my collection. Yeah. But it, <laughs> I mean, it, it is, it is kind of iconic, you know, it's, I know, it's I know. the equivalent of the, I feel like the, the nightfall is the Batman equivalent of death of Superman. It is. Um, and they, it is. If I recall correctly, they also they happen around the same time. They do. It was like one after the so, other. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, we'll kill Superman. Let's take Batman out. Let's take out the Bat now. <laughs> Let's just take out all of the big hitters and see what happens to the DC universe. <laughs> yeah, uh, Long Halloween I purchased solely because I knew it was the inspiration to the Dark Knight, and the copy that I got featured a foreword by Christopher Nolan. So that very cool. Big big yeah. reason for that one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for for joining us. Uh, We look forward to hopefully someday in the future seeing you once again on Twitch. But for now, uh, we're going to remain faceless. And, uh, well, we don't have radio faces, so you guys are missing out. (laughs) Really. Because we're we're two really great-looking dudes. At least that's that's what our wives keep telling us. That's right. That's true. So um, (laughs) thanks once again. we look forward to coming back and sharing more content with you. Um, you've been killing it on the uh, Sunday coffees, I have to say. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. While I haven't always been able to watch the entire episode live, I have thoroughly enjoyed listening or watching the rest of them later. So great job. Um, to, to plug you, uh, so you don't have to plug yourself, um, if, if you would like to... Uh, catch the Azorian one Sunday mornings, twitch.tv slash the capeless crusaders, um, generally around eight 30 in the morning. Uh, he drinks coffee. He eats breakfast. He talks about, uh, movie news, um, and pretty much, uh, whatever he wants. It's his show. He could do whatever he wants. Um, and, and my favorite part and his most frustrating part are his kids in the background. So yeah, yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's great. 
uh, also, I guess, I, I, in turn, will, I believe, plug you as well. Oh, thank uh, you. The, the, our very own Manderson teams up with his brother Danderson, right? Right? That's, I got that's that right? correct, yeah. For our, our very own show called Crossover, where sports and comics collide. Uh, that takes place uh, Wednesday nights, correct? We uh, we also are going audio only. Um, yes. As well. So there, another announcement, Crossover is going audio only um, as well for it. now. Um, and we'll be dropping those probably Thursdays as we've been normally dropping the audio for that. But yeah. Sounds so. good. And of course, we do have the Dane Patrol. The Dane Patrol, the, the newest uh, members of the K Plus Crusader Network, the our three ladies discussing all things geekery. Uh, and again, that all of that, including this show right here, The Capeless Crusaders, available on the aforementioned The Capeless Crusader Network. Yeah, yes. like that? Is that yeah. good? Like that? Yeah. Uh, and you can go to thecapelesscrusaders.com to find links to our old video shows, all of our archives of the audio podcast going back to uh 2000 was it 2015 2014 you guys started 14 yeah we're in uh we're coming up on year five here um so yeah you can dive back into the into the vault and see what's going on there you can look up the um the witches episode so you can listen to that uh which i i remember when i listened to it because i was a fan before i was a crusader um i uh I still, to this day, I need to find that book because you made it sound extremely interesting. Love that stuff. Um, so, uh, com. we will have um, articles. I know that the dames are, are busy writing all sorts of articles. Um, links to all of our shows. Bios are coming soon because we are also in the process of revamping, which uh, may be on hold a little bit because David was spearheading that. Um, but for, uh, Amy, who you can find at Robots on all of the social media, I believe, and myself, Manderson, um, at son of Mander on Twitter and Instagram. And, and the, the Azorian one, I am the Azorian one on all forms of social media. The Azorian one, Anthony Steves. We wish you all uh, a good day, good night, whatever time you're listening to us and bid you a good day. Thanks for what listening. Bye. We are the Capeless Crusaders. Good night. Mm-hmm.